Hey, Millionaire University listeners, this is Kirsten, and I want to share something that's been a game changer in my journey from content creator to business owner, and that is Kajabi. When I started out, I knew I wanted to make serious money online, but I wasn't sure where to begin. And that's when I found Kajabi, one of the very first platforms I used. With Kajabi, I was able to host my very first courses and make tens of thousands of dollars. Kajabi is an all-in-one platform that makes building your business online a breeze. Whether you're creating stunning sales pages, setting up funnels, or hosting courses and memberships, Kajabi has you covered. It simplifies the entire process, letting you focus on what you do best, creating amazing content, and connecting with your audience and your customers. What truly sets Kajabi apart is how intuitive and user-friendly it is. I didn't have to worry about the technical stuff, which freed up my time to really grow my business and engage with my customers. If you're serious about turning your passion into a profitable business, Kajabi is one of the most important tools that you can have in your tool belt. Right now, Kajabi is offering a free 30-day trial to start your business if you go to kajabi.com slash MU. That's K-A-J-A-B-I dot com slash M-U. Go to kajabi.com slash M-U and join the creators and entrepreneurs who have made over $7 billion. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. In today's lesson, we are going to be talking about how to make killer returns on passive investments and how to save boatloads of money on taxes. Quick disclaimer before starting today's episode, everything you hear today are just thoughts, opinions, things that Derek and I have been learning and or doing, things that we have invested our money in, things that he and or I have been learning about tax savings. These are our own thoughts. We are still learning a lot about a lot of these things. Nothing you hear here should be considered investment advice, us telling you what you should do. All investments carry a very high level of risk. The things we talk about today are no exception. Do all your own due diligence. Never invest money that you can't afford to lose. Past performance does not guarantee future results. We are not CPAs, attorneys, tax professionals, financial professionals, just two guys sharing some things that have helped us. And we wanted to share some of the things we're talking about with you. AKA, you're 100% responsible for everything you do. We accept zero responsibility. Think that about covers it. Now on to the show. Hey, what's going on? Justin Williams here, and welcome to another episode of the Millionaire University Podcast. Ever since we started Millionaire University, the goal was to teach people what they don't teach you in school about making money. Now, a huge part of that is learning how to start and grow your own business. But another huge piece to that is what to do with that money once you make it. Now, I've been into investing for many, many years, and I've learned a ton about this. And a lot of you know that earlier this year, we sold our house, and that gave us a big chunk of capital that we needed to figure out what to do with. 
Now, my brother Derek has also recently come into a large amount of capital after selling eight of 10 of his Airbnb properties. So it's been really cool over the past few months, him and I have been going back and forth and talking about different investments that we're finding. Okay, let's be honest, he's been doing a ton of research and he's let me know about a bunch of different investments. But to be fair, in the past, I have introduced him to people and different investment opportunities as well, as well as another startup that we recently invested in that's a little hush-hush that we can't even talk about. But I digress. So recently I was talking to Derek and we were talking about all the different things that he's investing in and all the things that he's been learning and studying over the past several months as he's been figuring out what to do with this money that he's captured from these Airbnbs that he's had for many years. Not only that, but he's also been sharing with me all the things that he's been doing to save an insane amount of money on taxes. And as we were talking, I was just like, okay, hold on, hold on. The Millionaire University audience has got to hear what you're sharing. So I asked him if he'd be willing to come on and do another episode. We heard him earlier. Derek was actually our first guest interview on the Millionaire University podcast. So we are now having him back. And so the other day we got on a call and I told him to just start sharing. And he did just that and he got into it. He got into it kind of fast. I could hardly keep up. Now, the objective of this lesson is not to teach you every single little tiny thing that there is to know about passive investing and saving money on taxes. But we wanted to start somewhere. So there will be more of this in the future. We'll continue to talk about not only how to start grow your business, how to overcome fears and challenges and mindset and hurdles and things like that, but also what to do with that money when you make it. Not only what to do with the money that you make from your business, but a lot of times I talk to people who have high income earning jobs, doctors, attorneys, and whatnot. And a lot of times they ask me, what should I do with my money? Or should I start a business? And sometimes I say, well, it depends what your goals are. And if their goals are to work less, I say, no, don't start a business. That's more work. But if you're making good money and your goal is to have a passive income so you can live the life that you want, which is why a lot of people do start a business, then here are some things you can do. So while I've shared a lot of these things with high income earning individuals, my brother and I talk about these things. My parents are investing in these kinds of investments. This is something that we've never yet talked about on the Millionaire University podcast. So I'm super pumped, super grateful that Derek was willing to come on and get this conversation going. There will be a lot more of it in the future. But without any further ado, ladies and gentlemen, I give you the one, the only, my brother from the same mother, Derek Williams. I had 10 properties, five that I owned with my parents and five that I owned myself. And they were all short-term rentals. And so this year, just with the way real estate is going, it might be going down, we don't know. And just with my prediction of where the vacation rental market is going, I believe it's just on its way down. I decided to sell all of the houses. My goal was to sell them all by October I sold eight of the 10, still have two more. And but with selling eight houses came a lot of income. And so I needed to figure out what to do with it. I've invested in syndications, big commercial building syndications in the past. And as talking with Bill Allen, Bill Allen with seven figure flipping, chatting with him about it, I learned that if I invest $100,000, I'll be able to write off about $50,000 in tax savings. And so with a lot of that money, I've decided to put it in different syndications. So I've invested with Bill Allen. I invested with another company called Zona Capital Group, and they're doing an 
apartment complex in Atlanta, Georgia. Is that the one I'm in? Too? Yeah. Uh-huh. You and I both went in on that okay. one. <laughs> yep. That one's called the Phoenix Place Apartments. It's located in Atlanta. They just closed, and right? They just closed on it. Yeah. So that one will be fun. When I first started doing this, I asked them, oh, no, I asked Bill Allen, and I think I asked them if I could do a 1031 exchange, which means you never actually receive the money from the sell. A 1031 company holds the money, and then you have to find a new place to put it within 45 days, and then you essentially fund that deal with the money, and you don't have to pay taxes on it. You just defer them. So I was able to 1031 actually two properties. So I've learned so much in the last month or two and you can 1031 two properties into one as long as that one property as long as the value is greater than both of those two properties that you've sold right so with that money i won't have to pay any taxes on it and i actually doing that with the company called open door capital and that's the bigger pockets guy what's his name brandon brandon turner turner or something yeah and so the funds with bill allen and uh Dustin Preston with Zona Capital. Those are like five-year funds where essentially you get money back every year or every quarter distributions. And then at the end of the five years, you're supposed to get like about 1.8 to 2.2x on your money. So if you put in 100,000, you'll roughly get about 200,000 back plus the money that they've given you for the distributions. And then at the end of the five years, you get that money back and then you choose what to do with it then. This other company, Open Door Capital, it's a generational wealth fund is what they're calling it. This is their fund 10 that they're doing. Yeah, and their with this one, the 10th fund, yeah. Essentially, with this fund, you put your money, say you put 100,000 in, in five years, the goal is to get that $100,000 back. But the $100,000 you're getting back is just interest. So, it's just distributions you're receiving. Your initial investment actually stays in the fund and it's supposed to be a 10 to 20 year or longer hold. So essentially it's more of a long-term play. Put your money in there, you get a big chunk back within five years, and then for the next long term, the goal is to pay you six to 12% annualized on your money just for keeping it in there. And the more you pay, the more you... Um, so if you just give between a hundred to two hundred thousand, it's like a seventy thirty split. So you receive seventy percent, and then the company receives thirty percent. If you put in over two hundred thousand, it's a eighty twenty split. You receive eighty percent, and the company receives twenty. And if you get it up to closer to a million, which is what we were able to do, Dave and I don't know that they do this for everyone, but they've allowed us to do it ninety ten. So that's like the in and out secret. I menu, think they'll right? do it with others. They didn't talk about that on the webinar. I don't think. <laughs> yeah, I think they'll do it with others if you get a high enough amount in there. So it's pretty awesome. Essentially, so you and I put some money in this fund. Within five years, we'll get that money back. So you have to take into account, oh, maybe I, I could have done some investing with that money and you lose out on that. But essentially, you, you're just getting your the money back, right? But the money back is just interest, like almost 20% a year annualized interest that you get back really in five years. And then you own a part of this company and these guys are doing all the work. They're in charge of making sure it gets booked and rented and paid, whatever. And we're essentially 90% owners in that company for the next 20 plus years. Just yeah, because we were fun. able to, yeah, <laughs> just because we were, we 
let them essentially use our money for five years and then they give it back to us anyway, right? Let's unpack a little bit of that just to give some clarity. By saying we're 90% owner, we're 90% owner based on the amount of capital that we put in, right? Right. So if there's a million dollars put in and how much are they raising for the fund total? Do you know? Yeah, I don't know. Let's Let's say 10 million. million. Yeah, then it's like we own 90% of 10% of the fund, right? Because if you have 10 people each putting in a million dollars, I know that's not how the numbers work, but let's say they were 10 people each put in a million dollars, then that's 90% ownership to the money people, to the investors, to the passive investors, and then 10% ownership to the operators, to the people who found the deal. And I'm sure they have like acquisition fees and, Maintenance fee, like they always, people, these syndications always have other fees in there, right? Uh, but they yeah. essentially keep 10% for for them putting the deal together. So what's so funny is like, I'm an opportunity, yeah. I'm an opportunist. I'm used to finding like opportunities and opportunities. So as I've seen these different, um, you know, syndications put together, and then especially what like Brandon Turner uh, from who used to be with Bigger Pockets has done. By the way, great play on his part, leveraging his the platform that he was a part of. He wasn't didn't own it, right? But he was got to be well yeah. known on that platform, built some great relationships, and then he's like, "Oh, I can go raise a bunch of money because I have a bunch of connections. I understand real estate. I can take with real estate investors. Yeah, I can yeah. take the single family strategies, move that over to commercial deals, make it bigger. So huge play on his part." But in my mind went to like, oh, I have some good relationships and connections. I know how to raise money. I should do that. And I'm like, no, I'll let them do it. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> but you, the, the thing is, you probably could. Actually, Dustin Preston with Sona Capital, this is only their, this is their second one they're doing. Though their sponsor, I guess he's called, he's done like 10 or 15 or 20 deals. They've got a good group around them, but they're just getting going at this and even me and some of my old buddies and roommates, I've reached out to them. Should we do a fund? And they're all like, I'm in. And my buddies, I can help raise money, whatever. And I don't know that I want to right now either, but I could if I wanted to, to do that. You know? Yeah, totally could. And maybe someday we will. But it's like, you got to look at like, what do you want out of life? Where are you right. at? Like, it depends on everyone's situation. Right now, I'm very happy with the amount of time we're spending between traveling millionaire university and projects we have there and then passively investing you and i are in a pretty similar situation because i recently sold our house you sold a bunch of your rental properties so we both have had a lot of money this year that we've needed to invest to get passive investments right yeah so the last thing i want to do right now is go and take on another project when we're kind of in the the weeds of this project right anyway but just kind of giving some context for that go ahead Yeah, I've been doing a lot of just watching videos and learning about building wealth and strategies like that. And one of the biggest things I've learned is pretty much anybody's biggest expense in in your business, at work, in life is Uncle Sam and taxes, right? And so as I've got a lot of income coming in, I've been thinking, okay, what can I do to help legally avoid 
paying Uncle Sam and all those taxes. And so these are some of the things, 1031 exchange, investing the money. So the, the reason you get a tax benefit is because, so what you're doing is you're investing money into a syndication uh, real estate deal. And that company does what's called a cost segregation study. So when you have real estate or a business, you can depreciate assets over time. Right now, there's things that are in place that allow you to depreciate them, partially at least in the first year. And so because of that, you get to have all the tax savings in the very first year instead of over like the 39-year lifespan of the building. And so, so which this tax uh, benefit is actually going away in five years. So it's something that I'm like, okay, I better take advantage of it now. So saving all the taxes this year and it goes down it goes it lower goes down every each year. year yeah and i'm actually learning some really interesting information that i'm still in the middle of learning that even you may benefit from justin but i guess not because you don't get w-2 mm-hmm. money but if so if you're a big w-2 earner like a doctor and you're paying like 40 percent of your money to taxes or whatever if you become a real estate professional or if your spouse becomes a real estate professional which you have to look that up because there's things you have to do but essentially it's spend 15 to 20 hours a week in real estate stuff and even being like a realtor can count as part of that time then you would be able to write off that w-2 tax if you have depreciation that you're doing. So essentially, a doctor who's making half a million dollars a year can invest 200,000 or 300,000 of that. And then if his wife is a real estate professional or does enough real estate to qualify as that, then they could get that right off on their W-2 income. Anyway, Google what it means to be a real estate professional. Yeah. And we do get W-2 money because our we pay ourselves W-2 money. I think by doing a few tweaks, you could save tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars in depreciable assets. No, that's huge. I'm definitely so going to look I'm into that. more about that. So I'm investing this money and my goal is to save 20% right off the top in taxes. And then my goal is to get as close to 20. My goal is to always get 20% return on my money invested as close to that as possible because the stock market on average, I think, gets around 10%, like on the S&P averages yeah. over 20 or 30 years, about 10%. So if I'm not getting 10%, then I might as well just invest in the stock market, right? So that being said, I am keeping some money in my bank account in case the, the real estate market does tank in two years, which it's going to. I said it here first, but I think it's going to. Um, And when it does, I'm going to have cash on the side to be able to buy up some properties for super cheap. When When we fall into a recession and all the Airbnbs that people were renting out go for sale and the market is flooded with all these properties that nobody can afford or buy, that's when we come in and scoop them up. But in order to do that, you have to keep the money like liquid, right? You can't yeah. invest it in these long-term funds. And so with that money that's liquid, I've found some opportunities with banks where you're able to get a 5% annualized return on the money that's just sitting in your bank account. Compared to the typical so, like, one quarter of 1%. Yeah, exactly. And so there's a bank... It's an online bank only. It's called CIT, and I've got some money invested in that. They are FDI insured up to 250000 So if the bank dies, the government will still 
insure it to 250,000. And there's other banks also that pay around that. Or, and this is getting really into the weeds right now, US treasuries are paying like five and a half percent return, which I think that has something to do with what's it called the treasury yield or the, the yield curve, the inverted yield curve. Anyways, the inverted yield curve predicts a looming recession. And usually it happens within six to 24 months and the u.s yield curve was inverted like beginning of july so it's not 100 percent tell sign of a recession but before any recession that we've had the yield curve has been inverted first wow you're smart man wow you're smart things i'm learning right now anyhow now one of these is is that the one that you don't have to pay taxes on or you still have to pay taxes on that five and a half percent oh you know what you might not yeah i don't think you do the treasuries is that what you're saying and yeah and i heard that so i also just met with a banker from wells fargo and they even have a similar package theirs is a little different to get a five percent return you have to put your money in a money market account but if you meet with a banker or if you meet with like their money manager they'll do it for you and they also will put your money in cds and then invest it for you in that way anyways but with Wells Fargo, it just you just have to call the guy and transfer it in, and then he'll do it, and then transfer back. Wow. And I, if I needed to, I could work with them as well. And we might with our business. I, actually, we're going to with Janelle Bay, our company, because we'll have between 200000 and up money just sitting in the bank at any given time. And we want to be getting 5% plus on that for just sitting there. We're missing out on tens of thousands of dollars. Totally. Yeah. Free money. Yeah, and we need the money to stay liquid, so we don't want to put it in like the stock market, because what if it does go down? Over time, it should go up, but right now, we don't want to do that. Yeah, I'm just trying to hold on to the money that I've worked so hard for and legally not let Uncle Sam have much of it at all. You know that's the sound of another sale on your online Shopify store. But did you know Shopify powers selling in person too? With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone. Transform your tablet into a point of sale system or... Use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Take customers from picking it out to picking it up. Shopify syncs in-store inventory with Google, so when local customers search for that thing they want that you have, bam, you're there. Demand meet supply. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash mu, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com dot com slash mu to take your retail business to the next level today shopify.com slash mu as a business to business marketer you know that your needs are unique b2b buying cycles can be painfully long and your customers face incredibly complex decisions isn't it time you had a marketing platform built specifically for you linkedin ads empowers marketers with solutions for you and your customers LinkedIn ads allows you to build the right relationships, drive results, and reach your customers in a respectful environment. You'll have direct access to and build relationships with decision makers. There's a billion members, 180 million of which are senior level executives, and 10 million are C-level executives. You'll be able to drive results with targeting and measurement tools built specifically for B2B. 
In technology, LinkedIn generated 2 to 5x higher return on ad spend than other social media platforms, and 79% of B2B content marketers said LinkedIn produces the best results for paid media. So if you're ready to work with a partner who respects the B2B world you operate in, then you need LinkedIn ads. So make B2B marketing everything it can be and get a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash mupod to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash mupod. Terms and conditions apply. With supply chains becoming more complex, you need to stay on top of the latest logistics developments. So if you work with logistics, you need the Beyond the Box podcast from Maersk. It's the easy way to keep up to date with everything from digital disruption and logistics to the need for supply chain resilience in today's market. Find out more and keep ahead of the game with the Beyond the Box podcast on logistics insights at maersk.com insights. Oh, boy, it kind of spurred me on this. Bill Allen, who you've done a lot of business with, and so have I. Bill Allen oh, I sold my company um, to you. said once he... And he pays me a nice, healthy paycheck. Yeah, yeah we sold a okay, company. <laughs> yeah, I, I know him well. He's, he's my best friend. <laughs> Bill Allen, I once heard him say on like one of his webinars, once he learned about the tax benefits that come with depreciating an asset and all that stuff with uh, multifamily housing, he said since then he hasn't paid any taxes. Because I think what even happens... Oh, this is another thing. When you invest in a syndication, you can write off like half that money or whatever. It just depends on what the cost seg study comes back as. But if you buy like a warehouse, like our company's buying a warehouse, or if you bought like a cabin, we'll say a cabin. If you bought a cabin for a million dollars that you're able to write off, even though you only put down like $200,000, you get to depreciate the whole million dollar asset. So I imagine with these multifamily unit, they're getting investors that bring in like the down payment. But if it's a $20 million building, they get to take advantage of that whole 20 million asset to depreciate it. So I imagine all of the owners of the fund get to depreciate a ton of money because they get to take advantage of the whole amount of the building. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I think we need to get in on that. <laughs> I don't totally know how that works, but I do know that just because you're putting down a hundred thousand doesn't like you can still write off the whole million dollar purchase or whatever. But that's insane. You were talking to me about that before we started the interview about you guys are thinking about buying a cabin maybe for General Bay, like it's just a thought. And then a warehouse. You bought a warehouse? We're building a warehouse, warehouse, yeah. And we learned about the tax benefits because once we finish, so we'll, the warehouse is going to cost, I don't know, two and a half to three million or something. We'll have to put down a few hundred thousand. But once we're finished, we get to write off the whole two and a half million dollars in a cost seg study. So we'll probably be able to write off almost, I don't know the numbers, but close to the same amount in taxes. And so essentially it's, we make money. Yeah, we're putting a few hundred thousand dollars down, but that's our, that's still gonna be our money. That's what we own of the property, right? And so we'll be able to write off all this money in taxes and save a few hundred thousand dollars in taxes because we'll be able to write off the whole $3 million building. And so we'll save money in taxes, a lot of money. And then we'll have Every month when we're paying when we're paying for the building, when we're paying down our loan, half of that money that's not interest will go once again towards our money. The property will appreciate over time, so it'll be worth more. And in two or three years, 
if we want, we could rent it out and then we could build a new one and save a ton of money again on taxes. The only kicker is if and when you ever sell that property, then it's called depreciation recapture. Then you have to pay the taxes. But the goal would be if we were to sell it, we would want to do a 1031. Or at that point, we've built up our wealth so much that we could pay money in taxes, whatever. But if you hold on to your money now, you can build it and let it grow tax free. You know, yeah, I'd much rather pay taxes ten years from now versus today. Because as yeah, we're talking, right. if you can earn ten, twenty percent on your money without having to have the tax just like eat it away, right? <laughs> if you can keep right. growing that, then that a number yeah. will be significantly more than it would if you're constantly paying large chunks of taxes along the way. Oh yeah. And if you do continue to do 1031s your whole life and you set it up the right way when you pass away or whatever and your kids, I don't know, take over your wealth or inherit your asset, then they don't have to pay taxes on that. They get something like that. Yeah. So if you're going to leave something to your kids, leave them something that you've pushed off paying the taxes so that they don't have to pay it. And then you don't have to pay it. Nobody has to pay it. That's wild. Yeah. And then I was talking with our CPA and I'm like, I'm like talking to him about, oh, it's only 80% this year. And then he's, oh, yeah, but then there's also section 179 deduction. And so you could deduct, you could really deduct the whole 100% in the first year. Oh, that's crazy. Which that's cool. 179, 179, section 179 deduction, I don't really know what it is. It's just you're able to write off more things in year one. So what I've learned a lot lately is if you, first off, if you don't have a CPA that knows all these things, First off, ask him about him. He doesn't know about him. Find a new one. And then ask him instead, am I going to be able to save money on taxes this year? Don't ask him that. Say, how can I save more money on taxes? Or what do I need to do to save more on taxes? And I believe right now I have more money coming in because I've been selling all these houses that I've had for years, right? But I don't know, five, six, seven years ago, I was also able to do something with Bill Allen and or another syndication. And... I think a lot of them, if you have $50,000, you know, like their minimums might be 50 or I've even seen one that was 25. And so yeah. any amount of money that you have, any sell of a property, whatever, like it's always, I think, a good idea to start investing. And once again, not financial advice, whatever, but I think it's better and more predictable than the stock market if you're investing with the right people and the right teams and the right companies. So now something just came to mind. A lot of these investments that we're doing you have to be um what's called an accredited investor right not all Um, of them though right like some of them not all of them right most companies that you work with will have funds that you don't have to be an accredited investor and the information i gather is if it's a public gathering like if they're publicly looking for investors then those investors have to be accredited. But if you're connected with some of these companies, they have investments that are internal only, and those ones you don't have to be accredited investor. So if you're not a big income earner or have over a million dollars in assets, which I believe that's what makes accredited, I think it's like over 250,000 for the past two years income or a net worth of over a million, talk to your accountant about it. But you can find other ways uh, of investing it with not, I know, a couple right off the bat but so yeah you don't have to be accredited for certain ones yeah yeah just something to be aware of right yeah awesome man that's a lot of uh good info anything else we missed yeah i mean 
I think it's always a good idea to to keep asking. And actually, I, I have an appointment tomorrow with a CPA. Okay, so I, I'm going to be able to write off a lot this year. But in the next four or five years, I'm going to have a lot of money coming in from these investments. Okay, what do I need to do to write that off? So I guess instead of just like getting your tax bill or just running your business and thinking, crap, that's a lot of money, I've got to pay in taxes. I think the thing is planning ahead and thinking, okay, so for this investment, the the generational wealth fund with Open Door Capital, the first year return is only like two to 3%, but then the fifth year return is 75% of that money to recapture it all. Okay, so then in year five, I need to think, what do I need to do to make sure I don't get hit with more taxes on that money? How can I prepare for that? What do I need to do with that? Do I need to reinvest that? And some of these other ones, like with Bill Allen or the Sona Capital, will be getting more money up front throughout the five years. And so it'll just be like, okay, what do I need to do? What will that be taxed at? How do I prepare in advance to save on that and not have to pay as much in taxes? Well, I'm thinking in a few years... I mean, I'm thinking, hoping, planning that Millionaire University will be bringing in a pretty big chunk of change. Like at the beginning, we're just kind of investing in content and relationships and putting in our own money. So in our minds, we're like, hmm, maybe we need to be in Puerto Rico by then. Yeah, right. You essentially don't pay taxes. If you live there for more than six months of the year, is that right? Yeah. So that's a a strategy as we're traveling the world and we're like, oh, we don't need to live in one specific place place we're heavily thinking about if and when we might end up being in puerto rico for at least six months out of the year for a couple years two or three years anyway we're gonna go check it out next year just to make sure we like it yeah uh who is it that lives there the podcaster a bunch of entrepreneurs live there but john lee dumas is the main person i know the best who lives there he's probably saved millions of dollars by living oh, there, right insane insane he passively make not passively i mean he works for it but he's got his systems down he's making two to three million dollars a year he has income reports on his website but i don't remember exactly what it is yeah. but pays i think maybe it's like a total of like four percent tax which normally in that tax bracket in california you're at like 50 percent, including federal and state yeah. taxes. So. Well, the more I live, and some years I've made more money than others, but it seems like the more money I make, the more the government's going to take, right? And it's just going to get worse and worse. They're taxing the higher income earners more. And health insurance, you got if you make more than 250, you've got to pay 2,000 or more for crappy health insurance and just all these things, right? How can we legally push off that tax burden to be able to continue to have money coming in instead of just have to work ourselves till we're dead, right? And here's the thing. I love our country. I have no problem contributing. But what I found as I became a business owner, I used to think that when I started my first business, this is how ignorant I was. I didn't think you had to pay taxes on money until you like we're going to use it personally. Because <laughs> logically to me, I thought, well, if my business makes money, that's for my business. So I can keep growing it and keep helping people. So my thoughts are like, if you are a a business owner, if you're an entrepreneur and you are, your business is making money that you are going to continue to put back into your business. Just like we're talking about real estate. If you keep the stock market, all these different things, you don't pay taxes on it until you, you know, use that money. Right. That's how I think it should be. 
now I know that would be hard, you know, tax law. It's like hard to figure all that out. And I'm okay with paying, you know, my share of taxes, but whatever amount of money we make, I mean, for the most part, we're reinvesting that we're putting it back into the economy. We're hiring more people. We're buying, like you said, warehouse, warehouses, you're going to build things up. Right. So yeah, all that being said, the reason the government makes tax laws to have its residents, you and I and business owners, help them accomplish their goals, right? Yeah. So if the goal of the government is to get more low income housing, then they will give an incentive to entrepreneurs and real estate investors to have the tax savings on multifamily units, right? Or other commercial buildings. And so by us taking advantage to your point, by us taking advantage of these tax savings, we are helping the government do exactly what its goals are and what it's wanting to do. Really, people who are not paying taxes, even like Donald Trump, how he, it's, oh, he didn't pay any taxes. He shouldn't be looked at as a bad guy. He should be looked at honestly as like someone who's helping out the economy and helping out real estate and keeping New York or wherever his buildings nicer and renovating them and buying new ones. and You know what I'm saying? Restoring them. And for the record, we're not giving a strong opinion about how we feel about Donald Trump in general before we get hate mail from people. Well, he did make America great, right? <laughs> yeah, he did. I'm just kidding. Yeah, and the same thing with, anyway, I won't get into other politicians, but they, they like go check out their taxes and it's like, oh, they didn't well, pay enough taxes or Elon Musk. And it's like, look how many jobs some of these people have created, Yeah, right? right. So anyway, I think that's important to put out there because some people hear stuff and they think, Oh, you're trying not to pay taxes. Do you not love your country? It's like, no, I'm just realizing what is out there and I'm playing within the rules of that game, essentially, that's been set up. Yeah, and you're really helping. That's what it's there for. And if you're doing it, you're helping. So if you're not taking advantage of these tax laws, you're not helping. So you got to get to it. It's the same as, I was going to say, it's the same as like a real estate investor that comes in and buys these crappy houses in these towns and fixes them up and then sells them and makes a good chunk of change. People sometimes get mad at that, but if it wasn't for real estate investors to come in and do that, these towns would just be ugly and ter- I mean look at like San Diego there's some great totally. communities in there because of real estate investors they're really old towns but if it wasn't for the real estate investors it would just be the ghetto everywhere totally. you know? people call them vultures so but if you like well if you think about it if there weren't any vultures there would be nasty carcasses all over right right like, vultures yeah. are needed that's great analogy the- bless them vultures <laughs> that's right <laughs> proud to be a vulture yeah just like one of the houses i just sold we put in thirty thousand to it and it helped us to get a hundred thousand out but the house now looks so much better and the yard is so much better and it's so much more updated and so really it just helps out the community to flip these houses another one we're putting in a fence and building up the yard and putting in a front yard and so yeah 100 no i'm a strong believer that if it wasn't for entrepreneurs investors our country and our world would be in a world of hurt Ba-dum-tsh. yeah that's why america is so great because it's easy to be an entrepreneur and that's why there's so many great things and inventions that come out of here because the government allows for it. Yep. But in business in general, it's about solving someone's problem, whatever business you're in, whether it's real estate or an actual company or that you're selling a product. And I believe when it comes to tax savings, you're helping solve the government's problem. And that's why they're giving you these tax savings because it's things that, I mean, the government doesn't do a whole lot of things great on its own. 
they need us to come in and help them help renovate a whole apartment complex or whatever it may be. So that's what you're doing. But taking advantage. I love it. You're the man. Appreciate you coming on today and sharing all these gold nuggets. Any final departing words? I know that's a hard question to ask after you've already given your heart and soul. I guess wherever you're at, don't be discouraged and start there. Me, you, our family, whatever. We didn't have any money from our parents, really. We'd started from grand zero and we're just building what we can. And like you and I were talking beforehand, it's not about being a genius. It's about having grit and doing what it takes to get the job done and not being afraid to do it. And so get her done. Yeah, just one day at a time, yeah. one step at a time. Keep moving towards your goals yeah. and your dreams. All right, bro. This has been awesome. Appreciate your time. Yeah. No problem. Thanks for having me. Talk to you soon. All right. Let's, see Let's give it up for my broski, Derek Williams. I hope you guys got as much out of that episode as I did. We failed to mention it, but there's also a startup that him and I just invested in a couple of weeks ago that we're super pumped about. And that's a little more high risk money, right? From time to time, I'll invest in a startup or a higher risk investment. And those to me are just super fun, but I only do it with fun money, with play money, money that I can afford to lose. So we'll talk about that stuff more later on as well. But like I said, just wanted to kind of get this conversation going. Now, Derek did reference a lot of resources. He referenced literal actual people and companies that we are currently investing in. So if you missed any of that in the episode, no worries. I'm going to put together a write-up, show notes, if you will, lesson notes. We'll see. We'll, we'll see what we ended up calling them. But if you head over to Millionaire University, check out this podcast. You'll see the write-up and all the resources from today's lesson right there on the Millionaire University website. So go check those out. Derek literally gets nothing from doing these interviews. It's not like he has a website or a platform or anything to sell or offer. He's just a super great giving guy and loves sharing the things that he's learning with other people to help them in their journey as well. So if you get a chance, maybe hit him up on Instagram and let him know how much you appreciate him coming on and sharing the wealth of knowledge that he's been learning over the years and especially over the past few months with all of us here at MU. I know I'm grateful for those kind of collaborations. I mean, literally, it changes lives. It's like we've been able to help him and give him some ideas and share some resources with him and different ways of investing. And he's been able to do that with us. And that reciprocation, that collaboration, that sharing, that networking is huge. It's literally changed our lives, our lives, our parents' lives, and so many others. To kind of continue with this theme next week i'll be bringing on my good friends jason and pili arusi who are partners with bill allen in many of the multifamily commercial projects that derek and i and my parents and a lot of other people i know are investing in and that discussion was absolutely amazing as well so stay tuned for that other than that if you are enjoying the podcast please share it with a friend leave us a rating and review on whichever platform you're listening now Hit me up, justin at millionaireuniversity.com. If you have any questions, thoughts, anything you'd like to hear about, and I'll either respond or I'll be happy to answer those on an upcoming podcast. So that's it for today. Get out there, take effective action where it counts. Just like Derek said, it's all about just going after it day in and day out. Don't have to make your eyes bleed. It doesn't have to be anything absolutely crazy insane. You just got to be consistent and you just got to keep taking the effective action that will make a difference in your business. We're here for you. We got your back. We believe in you. So believe in yourself. This is Justin Williams, your Chief Millionaire Mentor, signing off from Wellington, New Zealand. Until next time, class dismissed.